Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Five Year Reunion. My name's Emily Cherish. This podcast series is about the road trip I took to catch up with 23 of my former high school classmates five years after graduating with them. And today, we're going to be driving around central and northern Connecticut to meet up with three people I went to high school with. Our first stop is Coventry, Connecticut. This classmate and I had band class together. I always found her to be very sure of herself. And I was in the back of the room, sitting behind four menacing timpani drums, scared to play a note. I'm Marie Randall, and we're in Coventry, Connecticut right now. We're not far from UConn's store campus. So I'm in my fifth year, master's year at UConn, and I'm getting a degree in secondary math education because mm. I want to be a math teacher. I was in marching band at UConn, which is like kind of a big deal. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was in the drum line and I was on the cymbal line specifically. Shout out to my cymbays. <laughs> um, uh, I did that forever, which is honestly, I made so many great friends, like lifelong friends. We're huge. We're 300 people wow. in the marching band. It's it's the largest co-ed like thing that you can do um, at, on, UConn. at UConn. Yeah. A lot of Newtown people went to UConn, I think, or ended up at UConn somehow Interesting. or other. I um, didn't realize that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah there's a lot of us. Mm. It's, it's kind of wild because UConn's camp, we have 25,000 undergrads. Like it's a pretty big campus, but I would see them all the time. <laughs> like literally I'd be walking to class or past the student union and I'd be like, is that, is that Andrew Burner? Okay, as I remember in high school, like drama in marching band. Like I was like on the peripheral end of like the music scene in high school. Yeah. And is there drama? In there, there's definitely drama. <laughs> um, like my biggest rule is don't date in your section. Just, Obvious reasons don't date in your section. Don't have any secrets in marching band because it, it goes around. <laughs> One of the other kids um, in drumline, he rides a unicycle and bro bit it, like <laughs> fell really, really bad and injured himself quite embarrassingly. And it was around the whole drumline in literally a day and then the whole marching band knew by the end of the week. <laughs> Poor guy. He's like, I'm just trying to get to class. We're also like huge into SpongeBob. Oh. That's like a thing in Marching Man. Okay. Like huge amount of SpongeBob memes. <laughs> don't don't ask me why. But like that's a that's thing. That's very raw. <laughs> like raw XD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of weird, but it's good. You know my sister. Yeah. She was like really in involved with that like everything marching band yeah and like there was always like flute section drama yeah like, someone was like doing something and she comes home and slams her flute on the counter mm -hmm. oh, something going on the you'll flute never believe yeah. what just happened yeah yeah <laughs> i really found what i want to do in life you know i i really feel passionate about becoming a, a high school math teacher i i really want to use that platform to like make a difference um how so so it, this is gonna sound a little weird, um, but I, I've had a couple of professors specifically who've inspired me to use math education to teach for social justice um, and, in, and, and highlight like inequities and bring multiculturalism into the curriculum, which sounds like a little like- mm, No, break you, it down for me, I'm interested. Yeah, and a lot of people just think like, math is not political, math is just math. But actually, there you can learn so much about history through math, and you can learn how to, to see the world around you, because we're inundated with facts and statistics on social media, magazines, news, and if you don't actually know how to interpret statistics, 
you you might be getting gypped and you don't even know. Even with election math, it's you can do election math and learn about how gerrymandering works, which is how states fudge okay, voting cool. and stuff yeah. like that, which is like super timely, especially with all the elections we've had recently. And also just like showing students that a mathematician can look like anybody. A lot of people, when you say mathematician, you think old white guy with crazy hair, right? Um, but no, there have been hundreds uh, of thousands of black mathematicians, um, LGBTQ mathematicians, women mathematicians, um, who've just kind of been silenced, you know, over over the course of history for one reason or another. But I, I really want to be able to like teach my kids not only math that helps them succeed in life, but also where that math came from. Where did that like motivation come from? Well, um, a lot of it was that I noticed I was I was quite the feminist and it just it kind of built on so like the infringement of human rights on LGBTQ folks on people of color I've just like kind of had enough of it <laughs> you know and and I'm going to be around hundreds of thousands of kids well not hundreds of thousands hundreds <laughs> the biggest hundreds two thousands of kids over right. the course <laughs> Of my You're in an career. <laughs> Look, guys. <laughs> I, I'm in a position to make a difference. Yeah. You know, and, and to educate my students about like what's going on in the world. And I think math is a really cool way to do that. I will say in high school I feel like I was pretty awkward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of insecure about my own thoughts. Um, and I think a lot of that stems from the fact that like women aren't supposed to be loud, women aren't supposed to be opinionated. Um I got teased, called bossy, that sort of thing. Um, and then I got to college and I was like, you know what, I don't care anymore. I have these opinions, I have these thoughts and I'm gonna tell the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be confident in my own decisions and my own convictions and my own likes. And I even remember in high school, like I didn't like the Jonas Brothers or like One Direction until like the very end. Cause I was like, that's not cool. That's so mainstream. And then I just realized like, senior year of high school, who cares? Like they fucking you know rock. They rock. Yo, they, they've got great music. They honestly and who do. who cares yeah. if One Direction is like every 12 year old's dream? No, <laughs> they're amazing artists. I went to the One Direction concert with, well, I went with, I think I went with Maddie Duffy. And then we saw Amanda Walsh there. Yeah, I was there too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were there. I was. <laughs> we were, one, we're talking about One Direction like we didn't go to a concert together. <laughs> you have a twin brother. Yes. So what is what is your relationship now? What was it then? So Nick and I were pretty close in high school. I will say that um, just by nature of, of what classes we took, we were both in marching band. The, the only difference was really I was a, a figure skater and Nick was a baseball player. Um, so that was really the only time we were apart, I guess. And even then I would go to his practices and his games and he'd come to my practices and performances. Um, so we were pretty close. And then I would say in college, we kind of drifted apart a little bit because um, he went into the business school and I went into, I pretty quickly went into the education school, NEAG. Um, you both went to UConn. Yeah, we're yeah. both at UConn, but we didn't live together. Right. Um, we had very few classes together. I think we had one class together freshman year. Um, he chose not to do marching band at UConn. Uh, he, he actually got really involved with racquetball and stuff like that. Um, so we, we just kind of discovered who we were independently of each other. You know, it was, it was, it was t that time to figure out, oh, I can live by myself. Because there, there's next to nothing we haven't experienced together, you know? Because as twins, 
we always had birthday parties together, you know? Um, we did Halloween costumes together, and then we kind of individualized in college. And then during COVID, we actually got really close again. So we have weekly dinners, uh, we cook together. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, it's super nice, because he's, he's also in an apartment not far away from here. I always think twin relationships are like different than like normal siblings. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I would definitely say that for sure. Um, like growing up, I was definitely more of a tomboy. Um, you know, I loved Transformers and Beyblades and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that, um, which I think a lot of that came from Nick. And then Nick was super into Disney, like knew all the Disney princesses, like super in touch with his emotions, is able to communicate like those more feminine, quote unquote feminine right, right. <laughs> um, um, ideals. Um, so I think it's really helped the both of us become well-rounded people. Thanks to Marie. After finishing up with Marie, I decided to get a bite to eat. Per Marie's recommendation, I went to Tacos La Rosa's in Willimantic, Connecticut. Hey. Hi. Do you have a menu? Yeah. Thanks. After a timely and extensive review of their menu, I ordered a single beef taco. And with that, I was off to see my next classmate, just a four-minute drive from Tacos La Rosa. I'm Andrew Perner. And I am at my girlfriend's rented house, Enzi, in uh, Willamancy, Connecticut. So who is with you? Who is sitting next to you right now? So, Enzi, if you want to introduce yourself. I am Enzi Zhou, and uh, I'm from China. I am an international student at UConn, and uh, with my boyfriend right here. Hell yeah. We're sitting in a spare bedroom. Yeah. We're chilling. There's no decorations on the walls. No, it's pretty bare. <laughs> but currently, I have a job... Uh, at a housework company where I'm a junior brand manager. So you guys have been dating for two years. Yeah, a little over two years. It was March 16th, I believe. That's our mm -hmm. anniversary. I mean, that's exciting. We, we went through COVID together, so that's kind of... You literally can do anything. I know, right? Like, how did you guys meet? Yeah, I worked at one of many UConn dining halls, and you know, and she, she had just started, and I don't know, we just got to talking. We talked at a couple of parties, and it just, you know, we were friends, and then... Just, we liked each other and just turned into more. Mm. As it does. As it does. I remember from high school, you were into music. You I was, definitely, of, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I just, um, I always liked listening to music. And uh, it was just, one day I felt like, why not? I recorded on my, my, my laptop microphone at the time. <gasps> the internal laptop microphone? Hot garbage. Wow. Hot garbage, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. Mm. And yeah, I think I, it was bird talk. I mean, it just bird talk. It, it just it took off like riding in the Chevy, bumping curry real heavy, pop the trunk, see me loaded. Yeah, you know I'm on ready. Keep it. I I I didn't really want it to. Like it just kind of happened. Like I showed my friends, and then they showed people, and then it's just like everything I did after that wasn't really like you know big, but bird talk for some reason actually. You know I'm busting all you boys just tired busting. Say I'm looking super lean, but I don't need no rubber tussin', and I'm. Chilling in the cut, posted up with the buds, and I'm talking to the birds like that stuck with people. It did stick with people. Eh? Chilling in the cut, posted up with the buds, and I'm talking to the birds like. I mean, lately I've been just like watching a lot of TV with my dad. That's like one of the nice parts about being home. Like every night um, after work and after like dinner, uh, we'll just like we'll go down to my basement and just like watch sports or lately we were just talking about like finally getting cable tv again because we haven't had cable tv in like 
a hot minute. We've been talking about getting it again, and we're getting all excited, and so just like, oh, yeah, it is just fun. Are you close with your dad? Definitely, yeah, I'm close with my family in general. Yeah, yeah for sure. So yeah. you're learning Mandarin. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. We're my both best. learning Mandarin. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think you're a little further along than me, probably. Mm. Um, Where are you at right now? Um, I can do very basic sentences like uh, "wosu andalu." I can mm. do um, "nitsumaya," like mm-hmm. uh, "how are you." I know certain things, like I know how to say like noodles, I know how to say like rice, I know how to say fish, mm. but like you don't learn like pork, you don't learn like, so it's like I, I have a very, <laughs> very specific s- skill set. So you like, can order fish, but no pork. I know. I, it's fun though, and it's definitely, I'd love to be able to talk to your parents, because her, her parents, they're English, I mean, they don't speak great English, right? Like. No, not really. That's really the main like motivator. Really? Yeah, I gotta talk. Mm. Like, I've never met her parents before. Because they, they're still in China. They've been in China. So so you can't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're talking to your mom, I can hear what you're saying. <laughs> but what's fun is, like, so we, like when we, we, we watch The Office and we watch it on a website with, like, Chinese subtitles. Oh, yeah. And, like, I'm starting to, like, I can pick out, like, words that I know now. You know the show I am watching right now? It's, like, uh, mom and mother-in-law. Oh, this is a big one. Yeah, it's, like, um... <laughs> I've watched a part of the first season because they have English subtitles. But basically, it's like a reality show where they get all these famous like couples, and they have like the mother-in-law spend time <laughs> with the 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 wife, and it's very very funny. It's, what is the show called? It's just called Mother and Mother-in-Law. <laughs> the most that's iconic the title. Yeah. Jersey Shore. They're just like slapping each other. Exactly. Like, that's true. Which. I think has its own merit, but anyway, yeah, it's just, it's very different, like, the, the Chinese... Dr- oh, the Chinese show? I don't think they will, I don't think they will actually, like, slap each no, other. No, no, the drama, <laughs> it's, it's very... Uh, we are kind of just, like, we have to kind of, like, respect our, like, mother-in-law, mother, so, mm. because they're, like, older than us, and it's, like, your mother. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of our culture, but now it's kind of like more open and uh, yeah, sometimes. Uh, but you definitely don't slap your mother. <laughs> I think eventually I'd like to move away from Connecticut, but I don't know. Just I, it's it's kind of up in the air at this point. I just mm. like want to make sure that I'll have money and whatever I need to explore all available options. I like I that. The best way to put it, yeah. Uh, do you want to live in a house or an apartment? I don't really care, honestly. Okay. Probably apartment to start. I mean, like, I'd love to have a house eventually, but, you know, that's, like, I envision that way down the line, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I want a cat. That's really what I want. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, so my... Are you an existential person? Um, so, I mean, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> the world, like, who am I in this? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, the yeah. people that, like, no. sit and think? No. Okay. Wait, so what's that mean? So it's just, like... Like, do I think about, like, why am I here on this earth? Like, mm. what's my purpose? Like, my like, grand why, purpose. why I exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Existential. Oh. That's, yeah. Do you know what Tumblr is? Tumblr? No. I, I, it's, like, this, like, 2014 app. You know what side bangs? Like, the girls who had side bangs. That with, like, writing poetry. Like, no one understands me. That's what it is. No one understands me. Oh, you can use it as an adjective like you can say like oh my god that was so tumblr like <laughs> some examples of sentences would be like i feel like we're all just one speck of dust 
oh my god, that was so Tumblr. You know what um, Marie said about you? What'd she say? She, Marie Randall was a girl we went to high school with. And she was like, Andrew Perner, nicest face to see. And I was like, (laughs) That makes me feel good. I don't know if I know someone well enough to say hi to them. Mm. Like, that just internally, like, makes me very, like, anxious. When I see someone I kind of know walking by, it's like, do do I say hi to them? Well, I think it's weird. Like, I definitely have a little bit of anxiety, stuff like that. But, like, yeah, Marie, like, I don't know. I just, like, (laughs) it's just easy. Yeah, Some people it was easy to say hi to. Like, UConn, you see so many people from Newtown. Like, it was cool, but, like, it was, like... No escaping Newtown <laughs> whatsoever. You should go to China. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks to Andrew and NG. While making this podcast, I've been thinking about not only my former high school classmates, but also my former high school teachers. I decided to message one of my favorite teachers from high school. She agreed to do a virtual interview, so we're going to make a little detour into the parking lot of 1-800-DENTIST and give her a call. You have arrived at 1,800-DENTISTS. I am Kristen English. I teach English at Newtown High School and have for, this is my 17th year, and I am sitting in my empty classroom. I'm lucky and that I don't know how like normal or appropriate this is, but with the advent of social media, like I feel like I get to see you all kind of develop over Facebook, more Instagram now, but I get to see like where you go and what you're up to. And you're all adults now. Many of the students that I'm in contact with are in their 20s and 30s. And I, a lot of my favorite things are when you know, we had been talking about something in my class about what you wanted to do with your life. And then like, you're doing it. It's really great to, to watch that. And so when you really become adults, it's super fun to watch you like become parents and go to college and get the, get the job that you've always wanted. I also like selfishly love when my former students become teachers, like, especially I've had a few become like English teachers and I get like real weepy about that. (laughs) Teaching Newtown students in particular, what's specific about this group of people. I got this job and it was unlike anything I'd ever done. And I was really kind of raw, raw coming into it. I really learned to be a teacher here, but like, I didn't really know what I was made of until I got into the real classroom and in front of high school students and started teaching like really complex texts and complex people. And then of course, like, you know, you know, it's like my, my teaching career has been divided in half. So it's up until, you know, 1214. And then after 1214, sadly, a lot of people have this understanding, like a lot of teachers have this understanding, but there's the before and then there's the after. And we're still in the after. How I viewed education shifted a lot after that. So, and I don't know any other way. We stayed and we adapted and we worked with the kids and moved with the kids and not just teaching English, I'm teaching students. And that sounds really cliche, but it's like really important. And now it's like ever present in my mind. You know, English classes tend to be the place where feelings kind of come out, like just as you connect to the literature or as we ask you to do some personal writing, or even when it's not personal writing, like if a book speaks to you, like you can really kind of pour yourself into that. And we just, like, we've had a lot of the conversations about like, it's almost like, is it a disservice if we teach it or is it a disservice if we don't teach it? Like what's going to help them? What's going to hurt them? It's a fine line. I love teaching in Newtown and I will say this again and again is like, I really love the students. Like I, I, I know students are good everywhere and I know every school has great kids, but like, I, I have not had a, like a difficult class in like maybe over a decade, like, you know, a class that I was like, Oh, like, I don't know if I can do that again today. You know what I mean? Like, which says a lot. What are some of the personal changes you've experienced in the past five years? I I mean, I'm a mom now. So, you know, when you had me, it was, I had my first baby um, and he's now six. 
and my daughter's three and a half. I am very much a working mom. I was a teacher first. Like I was a teacher before I was a wife. I was a teacher before I was a mom. And I'm finding myself working hard to find the balance. I have a hundred students who I like really care about and really want to do well. And then I have to go home, shift gears and have these two amazing humans that I want to make sure stay amazing humans and that I'm not messing them up profoundly. And like, I'm like definitely generally exhausted. There's not a lot of time for me anymore, which is like, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like there'll, there'll be time at some point and it'll be, I'll get there. What are some things that you want for yourself, either personally or professionally in the next five years? When I became a teacher, it was because like, this is where I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be with students and I wanted to be in the classroom. So I have my, my dream job. Like this is the job, even when it sucks is like still the job that I think I was meant to do. So I, I want to keep doing it. I want to like, you know, I rewrote the women's studies curriculum. I'm kind of like trying to push that forward and work on having these conversations about gender and sexuality and race and all of those things, things I probably couldn't ta have talked about 10 years ago. The idea of like updating what we have and like making it contemporary and making it matter and like maybe changing minds a little bit and like getting people thinking about things they didn't think about before. I think that's really important to me professionally. What these kids leave with after like I, I can tell they're thinking about something beyond what they were thinking about before. Thanks to Mrs. English. With that, I was off to see my final classmate for this episode. This classmate and I go way back. Our families are friends. Her and I have some great memories together. My name is Megan Olszewski. I know Emily from high school. I live in New Haven now and professionally I'm a pizza maker. I live in the, you know, the city of pizza, New Haven, but I, mm. you know, don't work at the famous places. Making pizzas to pay rent, starting a podcast with my roommate, Two Stone Birds, plug. And I'm just trying to get my life going, get my real world, air quotes, life going. What is like living here and who, who lives underneath you and everything? When we moved in, a Jewish family moved in, a young Jewish family. They're so nice. Mm -hmm. Like, I, they're really chill. They have had no issues with us and likewise, except their dog is loud. Oh, I can't hear it up here, but it's like I open the door and I hear their yeah, dog. Yeah. Are, they're on the first floor? Yeah. Okay, I did hear the dog, yeah. And then we have the middle floor, which I think they're a little more... Um, sophisticated oh. might be the word to use i was gonna say uptight okay but they're not fully uptight like they're they're pretty chill mm -hmm. it's just that they're like doctors and yeah. every time i've interacted with them it's usually the husband mm. oh my god i hope they can't hear me i've interacted with the husband the last time i saw him and he just kind of i'm sorry he looks a little douchey okay and like their wi-fi is the doctors <gasps> because they're both doctor okay. and i'm just like okay what's the password like are here to help like i don't know some corny ass <laughs> stupid thing what is the podcast about my podcast is gonna be about me and my friend dealing with multitasking in life trying to figure out where we're going mm. while also enjoying where we are mm. um it is a, gonna be a stoner based podcast we're gonna talk a little bit about that stuff now that it's becoming more legalized so one of our ideas we were just talking about is doing like stoner pet peeves people who smoke weed that have pet peeves about other people who smoke weed what's a pet peeve oh, like Something I hate that people do is they always talk about like the first time someone's getting high and they always say like the exact same story and mm -hmm. it's like a very 
um, basic narrative. And it's like, there's no way we all have the same story. Like, So why make a podcast about weed? It's becoming a lot more normalized now. So I feel like I want to get ahead of that curve and be like talking about things that people haven't really talked about yet. Kind of break some stereotypes of stoners, um, bring to light some stereotypes of stoners um, that aren't as basic and yeah, Break the negative connotations is a big thing that I want to do, too. Mm. A lot of people associate stoners with just being lazy and, like, not doing anything. So, yeah, I want to break some of the bad connotations that stoners have, mm. I guess. is Because I don't smoke weed at all. I remember this. Yes. Yeah, I yes. remember you saying that. Why not? <laughs> Wait, have you tried it? I've tried it, and I, like, had a freak out. Okay. Literally so a freak not out. for you, Not then. for me. Chemically, there's something that just doesn't agree with me. Or doesn't agree in my, like, chemical makeup. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. But, like, why do you enjoy it? It was part of my identity for a long time growing up growing up i shouldn't say like that it's not like i've been smoking Three weed since i was old. like a, a wee lad like, so i guess i started smoking weed when i was probably 15 i had older brothers so that kind of heavily influenced me into doing it i guess very you know stereotypical but um i identified with it for a long time i think because i didn't know who else i was but i knew a lot about this topic because i had a lot of it around me so i thought i was like a cool person you know i was like oh yeah like i'm the only girl in our high school who's <laughs> like a heavy stoner looking back on it i'm like damn i was stupid mm -hmm. i i ended up winning worst case of senioritis surprise surprise <laughs> there i enjoy weed like my mom enjoys a glass of wine at the end of the night you know what i mean so i always was angry that i couldn't go out and just take a little hit of weed before i have dinner when i was in high school i also had issues with the stoner identity i think though because of all the negative connotations that come with it and i do definitely suffer from some of it i can be a bit of a ditz now that i've smoked a lot of weed and sometimes i can be a bit of an airhead so that's another reason is like i want to break that yeah just because you smoke a lot of weed and you can be an airhead doesn't mean you're like you should be tossed aside as mm. just a one word like oh she's just a stoner who's your best friend my best friend is samantha around town they call her samantha spliff actually um but samantha gudis and we started this because we had a radio show beforehand and we just loved talking to each other in that dynamic of having a show. Um, so we were like, we need to continue this after our radio show ended. We wanted to start it up, but in a new form. So Two Stone Birds was birthed. When Corona first hit and quarantine was like starting, I... I don't want to say had a problem, but I was I was drinking a lot. I look back on that time and I don't remember a lot of it because I would literally like wake up and start drinking at like 12, 11 o'clock in the morning because I had nothing else to do. And I was like, yeah, let's go crazy. Like quarantine, I got nothing else to do. And looking back on that, I kind of wish I spent my time more productively. Like I was telling you, like I, it was like a whole year, I feel like of not doing as much as I would have wanted to. So once I started working, that kind of went away, which was really good. I found that that negative experience told me I need to be doing something all the time. Like I always had that structure of school and then once I lost, like, oh, now I'm not a student, I don't go to school anymore. It's like, well, what am I going to do all the time, you know? So it was like that graduating thing of like, oh, you're not a student anymore. What do you do? Do you go back to school, go to grad school? I didn't want to do that. And then I was like, well, I can't go to work. So I just kind of fell into this drunken 
stupor for a little bit mm. um and it was fun <laughs> i mean like i was you know i'm a young kid if there's any time to do it i guess that's the time um but yeah that wasn't great but it, it taught me a lot you know yeah things that are very important to you right now and i've been having this like s- like self-help coaching with myself every drive to work the past few days where i'm like yes i sound like one of these cliche like preachers where they're like you gotta stay positive you know like I feel like we had assemblies like that in high school where, like, someone would come in and they were like, be positive. I used to be addicted to drugs and now I'm addicted to positivity because I've been trying to get out of my job. So that mentality has really been getting me through. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Five Year Reunion. Next week, we're going to be in my hometown, Newtown, Connecticut, to get a lay of the land, go to the diner, of course, and meet three people I went to high school with. Subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen, and I'll see you next week.